2 Timothy 3. Verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this moment to worship. God, we thank you for this moment to just focus our eyes and our hearts on you. God, I pray that everything in this moment that's pulling at us in this world, that we would put it to the side to just stop and listen, to make space for your word to speak to us. Let us take a moment to breathe and take in the stillness and silence of your voice. In your name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. So we, uh, we're in this series, and I, uh, I didn't know what it was called until last week, and then I, I texted Andrew, and I said, sometimes God just develops a series, and then he tells me after we get it started. It's just space. All we're doing is making space for God to move and speak and correct our lives. That, that, that passage right there, all Scripture uh, another interpretation says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Here at Revival, this book, we believe this is the word of God. It is God breathed. That's why we do everything we can to get this into the hands of people. We've got Bibles that we constantly give away. We've got kids' Bibles that we want to give away. We want to get God's word into the hands of people because we really believe this is his voice and his message to us. And I have to tell you, like when you come into this church, you, you got to understand, like when we come to this time to learn and study from God's word, we believe in that word all. It, we, we, don't, we know it doesn't say some, it doesn't say the parts we like, it doesn't say the things that we want. No, 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 it says all Scripture is God-breathed. I had like this really fun like Mother's Day message planned at the beginning of the week, and then God was like, nah, nah. It's like, really? He's like, nah, all right, okay. Rob Reimer is a doctor and uh, wrote a book called Soul Care, and he has this quote. And he says, we act as if tolerance means everyone has a right to his or her opinion and everyone's opinion is of equal value. But that isn't tolerance, that's insanity. That means Mother Teresa's opinion would be the same as Adolf Hitler's. Tolerance really means that everyone has a right to his or her opinion and everyone should be treated with dignity and respect, but everyone's opinion isn't right. Everyone's opinion isn't right. And everyone's opinion isn't of equal value in a society whose number one value is a faulty understanding of tolerance. The capacity to, the capacity to call people to repentance without creating offense is all but lost. 
Let me repeat that one more time for you. In a society whose number one value is a faulty understanding of tolerance, the capacity to call people to repentance without creating offense is all but lost. Here at Revival, we really believe in this principle that new life, it always starts with repentance. And repentance is acknowledging that his ways, his direction are better than our own. That's where we believe revival starts in the heart. It starts with repentance. That leads to revival, and that leads to thriving. If you want to thrive in this world, we believe it all begins with repentance. You cannot thrive in this world trying to live on your own by your own opinion, because that's what we have. We just have a bunch of opinions in this world. There's a lot of opinions on how to live life, what we should believe, what's right, what's wrong, but there's one thing that has stood true and has been on changing from the very beginning, and it's his word. This is the only thing we'll build a foundation on in this church. It won't be my opinion. It won't be Andrew's opinion. It won't be this person or that person or our leaderships. It all comes down to we're going to stand on the word of God, and it begins with repentance. Psalm 139, verse 24. We're going to be in Psalms. We're going to be in the Old Testament. We're going to be all over. So get ready to jump around today. Psalm 139, verse 24. Point out, this is David writing to God. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. We talked about this in the series, The Road. The path, the road is narrow. Everyone else is on the wide road. It looks easy. It looks appealing. Man, if you just kind of jump on that road, you can blend in and agree with everyone and nobody's going to get mad at you. It's great. But it's not the road that leads to everlasting life. The road that leads to everlasting life is narrow. It is hard to find. And so what does David say here? He, in verse 23, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts Point out anything in me that offends you. Say that to him right now in this moment. You don't have to say it out loud, but you can speak it to him. You can, you can tell the Holy Spirit right now. In this moment, point out anything in me that offends you. We're really good at telling people what offends us. We're not so good at being told that's offensive. There are things in our lives, things that we believe and we say and we do that offends the living God. And that's why we believe it's so important as a church that you start with the word and you learn it and you take it in because this is the bread of life. And when you begin to take it in, it changes you and all of a sudden you start, there's, there's things in this world that people are okay with, they're good with, and they're following, and they're saying, this is great, this is great. All of a sudden, when you get into his word, you start to see he points out those things that offends him. The more you get into his word. So some of you right now, you're like, I don't really want to change. I like my life the way it is. It's comfortable. Guess what? If that's you, you're probably not going to want to read this book because it's going to make things uncomfortable. He's going to point out things in your life that offend him. Because guess what? He 
He is holy, and he's called us to be holy like him. Holy means set apart, set apart from that wide road that everyone else is on, set apart in the way we live, in the way we speak, and the way we act. And so kids, we got kids in here today. Uh, kids, here you go. I, I want you guys to tune in for this, okay? I know you guys got coloring books and all this stuff. There's fun distractions. Uh, some of you, you're freezing, you're cold. Man, I, you know, I thought it was going to be 70s earlier this week. All right, we didn't get 70s, but we're still here, all right? And it's good to be here as the church, okay? So we're glad we're here together. But kids, we want you to know this. I hope and I pray that your parents and your family are going to take this word and they're going to bring it into their homes and teach you the way that you should go and teach you that this is the path to live by in this world. No matter what everyone else around you is doing, I hope and I pray that our families in revival will teach the next generation and the generation after that and the generation to come until Jesus comes back, whether it's in this generation or 500 years from now, to teach them to walk in his ways, because this is the word of life from him. All scripture is God-breathed. And so everything we do at Revival, it, it all comes back to the word, because guess what? Jeremiah 17, 9, here's what Jeremiah 17, 9 says. It says, the heart, the heart is deceitful, above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? How many times do we just say in this world, follow your heart, follow your feelings, follow your gut instinct? You know, that, that, that's a big worldview today that we really push and we value. Man, just trust your heart. What, what does the Bible say? Jeremiah 79, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Ephesians 4, 18. Here's Paul. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. We're really arrogant. As a nation, uh, we are really, in fact, as a world, we are really arrogant because we look and we're living in a technically advanced age. I mean, we have internet and Wi-Fi and all kinds of access to knowledge that generations before us didn't have. All of a sudden, you know, instead of going to an encyclopedia, we can just Google it. And it's amazing. It's a miracle. But guess what? This arrogance, this arrogance has blinded us. We don't know more than him. But we've come to believe that. We've come to believe in this world that we can trust our heart over the word. And we can trust what feels right over the word. But the longer we are in this world, the more we are absorbed into it. And the more our views and everything we believe, everything we say, everything we do begins to be shaped by the darkness rather than the light. Isaiah 5 verse 20. Woe Woe, he said, woe, all right, hold up. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. 
That's what our world has done. We've taken what is evil in God's word. We've taken what is dark in God's word, and we've said, no, 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 this is good, and this is light. What's up is down, and what's down is up. What's right is wrong, and what's wrong is right. That is the system. That is the world we're living in, okay? So as families in this church, as a church family, we all have the responsibility. We all share responsibility in the family. Because guess what? That's what we do as a family. We share responsibility to get into the word and to be reminded of what light is and what the darkness really looks like. To be reminded of what truth is and what the lies look like. To be reminded that his ways are better than our ways. To be reminded that he is God and not us. Psalm 139 again. I'm going to jump around here a little bit, but verse 1. Oh, Lord, you, this is, this is David speaking, singing. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You're, you place your hand of blessing on my head. When you are in the family, when you are planted in the family, God's hand of blessing is on your head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. There's nowhere we can go. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. Jeremiah 1.5. Jeremiah 1.5. I knew you. This is God speaking. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart 
That's holiness right there. I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Psalm 22.10. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Luke 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want to, I want to remind you that as we keep going into these passages here. Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth was old. She was in her 60s, and she was pregnant with the prophet John. In the sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Verse 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child, child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. darkness was shaken this week and and there's stuff getting broken loose in people's lives and, and there's things coming to light and I, I want you to know like as a church we we won't shy away and we won't make compromises when it comes to his word and I know this is a hard topic for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons 
what came to light this week and what, what's happening in our world. And I would tell you this, it, it doesn't matter whether the world says something is legal or illegal. We don't live by the world's standards. We live by God's word. Okay, that's where we're at. That is where I want you to know we're at as a church. And, and we believe we're going to show love and mercy and grace. And this is a place where anyone can come with any opinion. But you need to know not everyone's opinion is right. And here at this church, this is the only opinion who's matter, who, who matters to us because it's not an opinion, it's truth. It's his word. And we stand on it and we live on it and we know and we believe when we die someday, we will live again because that's what his word promises to us. And his word says that these women weren't carrying cells, they weren't carrying fetuses, they weren't carrying tissues, they were carrying children. And all I'm asking you today is when we come to God's word, we remember that it's God-breathed and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We have to be open to the fact that there are things in our lives that we've heard from the world and we've believed in the world and we've said, man, that sounds good, that sounds kind, that sounds nice, that sounds really good, and there's a lot of people saying that's good. Maybe I should go with that. But we have to be open to what his word says and how he wants to correct us through it and how he wants to shape us to his truth and not the world's lies. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. This is why we open up the word. Because there's times that we need correction, that we need to be shown what truth is and what that looks like and what it looks like to follow that in a world where it's hard to find truth because truth is always changing. Truth is one thing one day to one person and then it's something else to the next person and who's ever most popular, who's ever not been canceled yet, that's the truth we go with for that day and that week. But this truth does not change and we stand on that. The child that Elizabeth was carrying jumped in her womb when Mary came near. Elizabeth recognized the lordship of Christ, the personhood of Christ through the Holy Spirit. At this point, when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, it might have only been a week after she had conceived so let's not get caught up either in these ideas of, man, it's, you know, this many weeks or this many months or anything like that. No, 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 no. There was life in the womb. And it was acknowledged. And the Holy Spirit was there and present in that moment. We keep trying to compromise with the world, but there's no compromise at the cross. We keep trying to blend in and we keep trying to bend a little bit to fit in a little more to think, oh man, this, this is how we'll grow the church. And he says, no, 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 there's no compromise with my word or my message that I've given my people. There's no compromise. Jesus is Lord 
And he's laid out his word right here for us. And as a church, man, if there's issues or problems or questions you have about these kind of things, this is a church where we talk about stuff. If you want to talk about stuff, come talk to me. Come talk to one of our elders. Come talk to one of our small group leaders. In fact, get in a small group if you're not in one yet. We've got new ones that are forming, and that's a place where you come, and you can process this, and you can talk about this, and it's okay to have different ideas, and it's okay to have your own opinions. This is where we come together, and the meshing of the church, this is where we come together, and we talk about what his word says, and we learn it together, and we grow together as a church, and so I would tell you, that's what you really need to get into community because it's too easy to just sit here on a Sunday morning and listen and hear something that maybe you like or maybe you don't like and just say, mm, this isn't for me. But when you start to get in community, community is complex. It's interwoven. And there's change and shaping that happens there. It's refining what happens when you are in community. It's refining by his truth. Iron sharpens iron. That's why I would tell you, if you're struggling with this, man, where do I stand on this as a believer? How do I show love and compassion and mercy to the widow and to the orphan and to people that are struggling but still live by truth without compromise in this world? That's why we live in community together and we push and encourage each other and we go back to his word and let it refine us and correct us to burn away everything in us that offends his heart. You guys can come on up. We can get ready here. So I know in a group this big, there's people in here right now and this is what you hear. You're hearing hate or bigotry or offense. And there's something, there's something right now the Holy Spirit wants to do in you, but you have to be willing to just say, oh, okay, your will, not my own. What do you want to teach me in this moment, Lord? Show me what offends your heart, what hurts your spirit, Lord, and refine me in this moment. Help my heart to be like yours, to hurt for what hurts your heart, to love the way you love, to serve people the way you want us to serve. As the church, to be a place where it, it doesn't matter what you've done or what you've believed in the past, you can come and you can find transformation here through his word and what it has to say to us. I'll pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment of worship. We invite you in to speak directly to us. We ask that you would just, that you would overcome us with your power, that you would overcome us with your truth that you would overcome us 
with encouragement, that you would overcome us with grace and mercy. Whatever we've experienced, whatever we've gone through, whatever we've believed, that we would bring it all to the cross and that we would lay it down and we would say, your will, not our own. God, help us to follow you as a church. In your name we pray. Amen.